0: Hello, and welcome to the J.D. Power 2023 Retail Customer Experience Trends Podcast Series. I'm Rich Brondrano, Senior Managing Director from J.D. Power, and joining me today is Cody Wright and Young Han from Plumaria. Today, we are going to discuss key technology trends we're seeing in retail and who's getting it right. Cody and Young, thank you for joining today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, excited to be here. So let's go ahead and jump into some of the key tech trends we see for 23. Um, And speaking of which, you know, just want to share a recent experience uh, from a from a retail experience perspective. So um, I was recently on business travel going through Chicago O'Hare and, uh, you know, I'll fully admit I'm not always the healthiest eater when I'm on. uh, (laughs) And, uh, you know, walking through the airport, I I did see a food court and I was hungry. It was early in the morning and for breakfast. And there was, you know, of course, McDonald's right there. So uh, I went over. And I uh, went to get a, uh, I think it was a sausage egg McMeal, and it was interesting. So in that example, I experienced uh, the use of kiosk technology in order to pay my order. Uh, I'm sorry, in order to, uh, you know, set my order, pay for it. And then once it was ready, I just literally walked up to the counter, grabbed my food, and went on my way. Uh, and it was a, you know, very, what I'd call a frictionless experience and a very seamless experience where there really wasn't any interaction uh, with a frontline employee until it came time to actually pick up my food. Uh, So, you know, as we think about trends we see in 23, I know that kiosks are starting to make a greater presence in the retail market. You know, they they have been there for some time in certain industries, but I think we're going to continue to see growth in that particular use of that technology. Uh, What do you two think about that?
1: Cody, do you want to go first?
2: Sure. Um, I, I have a lot of thoughts on that, especially... In relation to a place like McDonald's in particular, um, yeah, I think we are going to see an increased number of kiosks. And in that context, it's really interesting because the first time I used one of those kiosks at a fast food uh, joint um, was... I was surprised by the level of customization that was suddenly available to me. So I always go to, for example, at McDonald's, I always get the same thing. I either get the Pig Mac or I get the two cheeseburger meal. But I've never, ever, ever thought about customizing my cheeseburgers. They're just McDonald's cheeseburgers. You have your McDonald's cheeseburgers. That's what they are. They got a little bit of onion, a little bit of ketchup, some pickle, and that's about it, right? But now suddenly I have this kiosk in front of me that's asking me if I wanna make any changes or adjustments to that actual item. And it's really interesting because I never would have have imagined driving up to the drive-through and saying, can I have the cheeseburgers, but can I also add this or remove that? So I think it's really interesting how this approach is adding um, a layer of customization and personalization that we may have not seen previously. The other interesting thing is, you know, what is a kiosk? I think there are companies like um, McDonald's, we've seen it with Chase, with a number of other places where they actually have the physical in-store kiosk that you go up to. But then we have a lot of uh, companies that are doubling down on the idea of the the phone in your pocket as the kiosk, right? So if you go to a Chipotle, for example, they don't have a kiosk when you go into the store, but they try to direct a lot of their traffic through the app itself uh, and offer things like rewards and incentives and all sorts of things to drive your order that way. Um, so it's just a really interesting shift that we're seeing with some of these companies. What about you, Young?
1: Yeah, I'm. I, I I actually love it, and I think it is the future, and it's somewhat inevitable. Um, uh, unfortunately, we, with just kind of the the population of the next generation being smaller than the previous, and you know the amount of, uh, boomer generation really having this you know capital to deploy into you know, hospital care and medical needs and all that stuff, it's going to really draw all service workers towards that industry and it doesn't really, really leave room for a lot of the service industries. And so we're going to have to lean really towards these kind of alternate ways of minimizing the labor force needed to execute service work. And so kiosks, I think, are a really great entryway into the future. I'd say even further, I'm sure Rich, you'll allude to it, but um, robotics, you know, and really bringing in more of that technology to further enable uh, automation and, and um the removal of the the human interaction, and I do think that it is really really unique to call out the customization abilities now that you have that kiosk. But I also think it's also um, really interesting to think about the quality of the products. So not only can you now customize with kiosk, the other pro is that if you can get you know you know robots to do a lot of this work, you'll start to find that the product is a lot more consistent. There isn't any, um, also any like bad days or, you know, like bad service, uh, because you know, the kiosk doesn't complain or get tired. And, uh, there's just a lot of unique things that you don't really think about when, you know, you remove that human layer. And so obviously there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of controversy around this, but, um, my mindset and initial reaction is that we need to do it and we need to embrace it and try to get into it faster.
2: It ties into a, a book that I read, um, I, man, I can't remember. It may have been 10 plus years ago. It's called A Whole New Mind. And it was this whole conversation about how right brain thinking is going to take over uh, basically human interactions, human work, so on and so forth. And the sooner you can get away from left brain activities, the better that will be for your career. That book was planted squarely in the realm of technology. So they're talking about any technology that can be automated essentially is left brain. So get out of there, get into right brain, which is more the creative, the strategic, uh, the human centric, all that sort of thing. Um, And now I think it's interesting all these years later, seeing how that's impacting things like customer service and retail, because I don't think those were in... um, View for the author of that book all those years ago, and then young. I know that leads into a topic that you're very interested in, which is AI and actually (laughs) simulating some of those brain strategies and ways of thinking and ways of serving others.
0: Yeah. So 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 hold on to that thought for one moment. We'll we'll get into AI in just a minute. Uh, Before we leave robotics, though. Um you know, who who do you feel is getting robotics right today? or who do you feel are the the emerging early adopters when it comes to retail leaders that are utilizing robotics to uh, really help advance uh, not just the delivery of uh, the products and services, but really enhancing that customer experience to really make it uh, more efficient and, and a better experience uh, for the customer. And also, to be honest with you, a, a better delivery experience for those staff that are, that are involved with the customers uh, on the front line.
1: I'm a little biased on this because I, I I spent a little time working for a robotics company uh, called CafeX Technology, so I'll say that they're they're approaching it the best um, uh, just because I'm biased and I ha- actually had a little time <laughs> spent on it. But I will say that the overall macro is that there's a ton of different robotics and um, roboticists robotic companies coming out. and there's a lot of funding going into this space because it's just kind of like, the future is, is it can be somewhat predicted just through the numbers of um, people being born. I think we're now at US like 1.5, you know, we're having 1.5 kids. And so the the lack of kids getting born is indicative of what's going to happen in the future. And there's just not enough people to do these things. So how are you going to like sub- supplement that, you know, that labor force? And so I think this has to happen or it's going to happen regardless if and if we didn't have a population. Um, issue, I think that it would happen no matter what, just because the technology is advancing so much. But there are verticals that are approaching, and I think the big game here for robotics is not so much who's doing it right and and what uh, what company has it down right now. I think it's a matter of like which vertical do we think the cons- the consumer, the mass market, is going to accept the fastest first. And I think that's really the big question we need to ask when we think about robotics. It's like, is it coffee that customers are going to feel more comfortable getting from a robot or is it a hamburger? Is it a pizza? Is it a insurance? Is it I don't know. Like, what is that vertical that customers are going to be like, oh, I'm OK interacting with the robot? Because no matter how you approach it, it's still a very fringe group of people that are accepting of getting things from a robot. Unless you live in Japan, they're very accepting of it. But uh, the mass the mass uh, community here in in the States are not very open to it yet. And so uh, I think the big question is, what is that product or vertical that's going to be able to capture that market and get that open adoption? And then once you have that, I think it'll be much easier for that company to dominate multiple verticals.
2: I love that thinking, Young, uh, because when Rich asked that question of who is doing it right, uh, my mind went into a couple different places. The first thought was, nobody's doing it right. <laughs> and, then I, and then I thought, uh, because it's so early with the technology, that's right? right. That um, right. there's a lot of experimentation going on. And then I started to split it into sort of front of house and back of house. Yeah. And I think some of the more successful examples that I've seen, if I was going to say somebody's doing it, quote unquote, right, are some of the places that are really leveraging robotics um, in the back of house, whether it's for inventory management um, or different things like that. So I seem to remember reading about Walmart, uh, Being a leader in terms of using automation and robotics, in terms of managing inventory in their stores and warehouses. Obviously, we can think of places like Amazon.com as having that really down to a science in terms of how they manage inventory and get things out the door so quickly to their customers. Front of house, I feel like things are still in that sort of novelty item Place Even even with Cafe X Young, sorry, Um, but there's there's still like this novelty of this robot arm and they even programmed it to do like a little dance while it's like waiting for the coffee cup to fill up. Uh, So there's that like, ooh, um, aspect to it. Uh, Lowe's had uh, a robot, I believe, or has a robot in a few of its locations, which is trying to be more practical, but I would imagine there's still that whole novelty to it. But it it helps you find things. If you're looking for certain things, it can tell you what aisle to find them in or even take you over there. Um, It can offer different suggestions for how you might uh, fix different things around the house or different craft ideas, so on and so forth. There's a place in Japan that my daughter went to uh, where when you go in, the check-in is actually handled by two two velociraptors in uh, bellhop hats. (laughs) Um, And it's called the Weird Hotel, and they just have all sorts of strange robotics and all that kind of stuff. There's a place that opened here in Portland, Oregon, uh, which has been trending, which is called Bag-O-Crab. And one of the things about it, despite getting this delicious bag full of all sorts of shellfish uh, delivered right to your table, is that your waiter is a robot that is roaming around um, and brings out the food and drinks and all that kind of stuff to you as well. And that really is probably one of the main draws for that restaurant. But again, it's still all this novelty. And so that's why I like what Young is saying is because once somebody stops thinking about it in terms of this novelty or like, hey, we're just going to have this robot in the front of house, what, what makes that cool or not? When we start thinking about where are people willing to accept this robot, or not think twice when it's delivered by a robot um, instead of a human. Um, That to me is really compelling. Even coffee as an example is one where we've seen it go from the typical coffee maker um, and maybe a barista offering a coffee maker to the so-called third wave of coffee where we don't use a coffee maker anymore. We got away from the, quote unquote, uh, early stage robotics in that case to hand pour the coffee over um, over your cup and so it's really interesting to just see that the back and forth between what do we want to automate with machinery or even robotics what goes back to that human element and and what do customers value at any given time
0: No, that's a excellent points on both fronts um you know as as you were speaking of that and answering the questions i was thinking to myself you know it's it really is still a back office uh focus right now and you, you know leaders like the amazons of the world and the walmarts of the world are definitely have been leading that for for a number of years and seeing it in the front of the store or the front office it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see how that plays out you know I've, for me personally i may be ready to get some of my uh coffee through uh, robotics but we'll see because you're right part of the experience in going to a coffee shop is the experience of having that coffee made in a craft way by uh, a barista so there that is part of the experience and that is part of the value equation for that experience. So it will be interesting to see how that plays out.
1: It is. And there's, there's two things that I want to add to this because we can talk about robotics for days and days. So I'll I'll try to keep it short, but one is, um, the, the robot, I'm a big coffee aficionado. I spent many years working at many different coffee uh, industry companies. And I will say that the robot can make the best cup of coffee. Like it's, it's borderline humanly impossible how well they can foam milk right like there's no human that can foam it as well and consistently uh, as as a robot and they can't do that over and over again like a robot can so the quality and craftsmanship is is out of this world it's unbelievable And so there is that aspect of like, wow, that's really interesting to think about. It kind of puts you in in your space when you think about like, oh, I go for this for the artistry artistry of it. So then maybe it's actually the connection because the robot can probably make a better cup of coffee than a human human can. And then the second thing now, actually, I think I did think of a company that does robotics um, pretty well and is actually infiltrated the, the mass market pretty well. It's like a company called. Um, Nightscope, and they have robots that do security and this seems like it's actually being accepted pretty well like they'll like they'll like roam malls and um you know storage spaces or corporate offices or campuses but i think these these robots are being accepted pretty well and they do a really unique job of being able to you know document and capture a ton of data like they're able to capture Um, counts, footprint, traffic. They're able to count. um, I don't know if this is ethical or not, but they're also using AI to figure out like the demographical uh, data of people, you know, age and race and sex and all these things as well, too. And so uh, they're simultaneously doing it for security and tracking purposes, but also for data tracking purposes. And so that's pretty fascinating use case of, of robots in the front of house.
0: All right. So now let's talk about AI and, you know, when I think of the use of AI in a retail environment, you know the the one use case that I've I've personally experienced uh, not too far from where I live is Amazon Go uh, and their ability to create almost a completely frictionless retail experience where you go in, you scan your app, you literally walk through the store, you pick what you want as you go through the store, and then you literally walk out of the store with your with your groceries, and there's no interaction really with anyone it's completely frictionless and it's incredibly efficient so um you know how are you seeing that play out in other other verticals um and uh what other early adopters do you think will be coming on board as we see amazon continue to kind of slowly roll this out across uh, the market i
1: um i I can go first on this one i um don't know how to answer it other than i don't even know the implications of of this because it is so hard to wrap my brain around. I've had multiple friends and multiple conversations, even in the last two weeks since they, um, you know, OpenAI just launched um, the preview of their their chatbot, and I've just been watching all these videos come out from it. I've been talking to at least half a dozen friends that have spent, you know, the last four or five days, you know, talking to this AI for the last twenty hours a day for four days and just trying to figure out like how smart it was and the common sense is, is that like the world has changed two weeks ago and we just don't realize it yet it's it's that smart it, it is literally that smart and so the implications for retail are immeasurable um i th- i think that if you think about like the robot being smarter or more uh responsive or a kiosk being smarter or more responsive or being able to help customers um uh in the retail front without you know a human human there or you know being able to customer service someone that has left the spot you know post transaction the list goes on and on and on i mean i my, i'm not smart enough to actually like understand the implications of uh, of how much more this is advanced even in the last few weeks here um and so it's it's an incredibly exciting space for retail to really uh, involve itself in keep a thumb on and really figure out how to, how to optimize and augment
0: what about yourself cody yeah, I, I, I'm sort
2: of with Young in terms of I, I just can't wait to see what happens because, yeah, there's so much of it that it, I, I would imagine we're even dealing with a lot of AI that we don't realize we're dealing with. So, for example, uh, my fiance came into the room and shared this video on Instagram with me of, um, uh, shoot, what's his name? The Matrix dude. Uh, Keanu Reeves? Keanu Reeves. There we go. (laughs) Keanu Reeves doing all these household chores. And I was like, what? Like, why is there this video of Keanu Reeves doing all these household chores? Um, And she's like, yeah, why, you know, why is Keanu doing this? And then I looked more closely and it's some account. I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically like called like Joke Celebrity or something like that. And you come to find out it's all AI. Like, it's not Keanu Reeves. Doing chores around the house and so on and so forth, but it makes me wonder how many people will will even see something like that and be like, "Oh, look, it's Keanu Reeves like doing this thing." Uh, so I think we see it all the time. I'm really curious to see how, like, when the when the AI hits its uh, limit, which I don't think is going to be in terms of intelligence or knowledge or things like that, but in its ability to uh, track. To a human and what a human is asking for. That's what I'm really interested in. So I think about, you know, we've had for years, these, uh, these automated systems when you call in and you always find yourself frustrated at the end of it, just screaming into the phone customer service or representative or agent or slamming zero on your keypad because you're trying to figure out how do I get around this thing because it thinks it's solving my problem, but it's not. And it's because it gave me what it thinks is the right answer, but it's not actually the right answer because there's another nuance to it that it hasn't been programmed to accept yet. So I'm curious, Rich, like when you go into a place like Amazon Go, uh, it's all frictionless. What happens, for example, if they don't have something in stock, or you're wondering if they have more in the back? Like,
0: what what do you do in that case? Like, how do they handle that? Yeah. So in that particular case, you you do have to reach out to uh, you know one of the frontline staff that's available uh, to request that uh, to see if the an item is available in the back or when something may be restocked. So that that has yet to uh, I think been solved. Uh, but I do see that you know as things continue to progress. I could see you having the ability to scan your app against maybe a barcode where an item should have been and then have the ability to either request it maybe or to find out when they plan on having additional items in stock. Uh, but I think that'll be something that will continue to evolve over time.
2: Yeah, yeah. On the on the flip side of that, interestingly, I uh, was shopping for gifts for people. And I saw on uh, one particular website of this store I was shopping that they had something in stock in the store. And it said they had a few of them. So I decided instead of ordering on my phone and doing curbside pickup, I would just go to the store just in case there were other things there that I wanted to see or uh, that that might stand out uh, that I could combine into my purchase. So I go into the store. There's a bunch of people there. There's a few frazzled, uh, employees roaming around and, um, I'm, I'm going around and I cannot find this item. And so I finally pull aside one of the employees and ask, Hey, you know, it says you have this in stock. I can't find it. Where can I find it? And they just turned to me and said, if we have it, it's going to be an aisle, such and such. And then they turned and walked away. So I went to aisle such and such, which I'd already been in several times. Sure enough, I didn't see it. So standing in the store, I actually ordered it online from that store for curbside pickup. And then I just went outside, sat in my car until I got the notice that my item was ready. So there was something on the back end where, uh, you know, when I asked the human in the store, where can I find this? They didn't really know. But the moment I placed the order in the app, suddenly it magically appeared in this store. Um, And so I was very curious about that. Um, And I, I, I think, yeah, we see it go both ways. There's the times where... You know, like I'm constantly focused on where AI, you know, sort of hits that brick wall, which is those exceptions or something's not quite in stock or whatever the case. And then there's that example where I dealt with the human and they couldn't solve it. And so the computer had to step in and solve it for me.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's definitely an exciting time. And I think, you know, as we continue to move forward and I think, you know, the pandemic helped to really accelerate the use of technology and tools and the ability to, uh, you know, have a more frictionless experience uh, in in in-store retail. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot more to come and it's gonna be exciting to see how this continues to evolve over 2023. Uh, Well, Cody and Young, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Really appreciate the uh, discussion and the insights. And I look forward to our next series where we'll start to delve into uh, community within our retail environments and uh, the omni-channel experience, crossing channels with retail. So again, thanks again, guys, for, for joining today and have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having us. You too.